Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. How are you, Mace? I'm all right. You know what? There's something I noticed when I put headphones on. You have a tone of your voice that can be described as commanding. Oh, I thought you were going to say like nails on a chalkboard. No. Commanding. Authoritative. Oh, and I can hear you through the headphones, but I hear you more with your actual voice in the room and coming through the headphone, coming through the headphones. So I hear your natural voice and then I hear through the headphones, but your natural voice, even though I've got the headphones on is louder to me than what I get through the headphones. Think about how difficult it is if you're one of my children and they haven't done their chores. Ew, ew. Yes. It's a commanding voice as well. My kids know when I'm talking to them is yes. the best way to put it. It's not, I'm not, I'm not a yeller, but my voice just projects. Yes. No, I can be a yeller too. All of us. You don't want, no one wants to be a yeller. No, but, but my voice just projects. So it sounds that way. Ah. And then if I am trying to get my point across, I'm not yelling, but it's authoritative enough that you haven't cleaned your room. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yes. And you're, I, I you're, don't have the commanding voice with my daughter. If I try to talk like her, she'd probably laugh at me. Is that right? Oh, yeah, because she wouldn't be used to it. I'd probably get the dad or, come on, dad. Right. And yeah. then you'd melt and you'd get, you'd get her ice cream before dinner, something like that. <sighs> you probably make, you probably do that for you, not even for her. Ice cream before dinner? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to confirm nor deny that. Time now for the lead. <laughs> the lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, and Nuggets Warriors game three tonight at Ball Arena. Michael Malone said he might try and play a few new players tonight. He said, quote, we have to find a way to get a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more physical. What does that look like when you look at the Nuggets bench? Um... Zeke Naji. Zeke, if you're going that deep, it certainly it should mean more boogie. Yeah, just but keep if your mouth if, shut, boogie. Yeah, but if you're basically saying let's be physical, which means oh by the way you're gonna you're gonna get fouls unless unless it's the whole thing of let's do the Draymond Green philosophy and have so much contact they can't possibly call everything. Right. So maybe that's what you're hoping for here. But even then, you're gonna rack up the fouls, so you have to be prepared to go deeper in your bench than you have to this point. Well, you have to do something. And if, if that's the answer, then let's see if it works. But to Michael Malone's point, and he's not, not wrong, specifically in the last game, they started strong. Mm-hmm. It's just they wilted once the, um, once the three-guard lineup came onto the floor, and boom, it was like Mike Tyson on an airplane. Well, because of that... They you, can, did you totally they, miss that reference? Mike Tyson on an airplane? Mike Tyson punched a guy in the face on an airplane. Really? Yep. It was all over, it was all over social media. Today? Beat the hell out of a guy. Today or recently? Today. Today or yesterday. I completely missed that. 
all I know is he just kept talking to me. He wouldn't shut up. He threw a water bottle at me. That's according to TMZ. And I ate his children and I bit off his ear. Funny, I mean, I read something on TMZ, but it wasn't about Mike Tyson. It was about Vaughn Miller. Yeah, that's another thing. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's with the Bills organization. He said, did you hear about this? Yeah. And I said, what, what now with Vaughn? Yeah, Mike Kliss had something about that on Twitter. I didn't read it because, quite frankly, Vaughn is way out of my He's been named as a defendant now. in a revenge porn lawsuit. Jeez. Well. Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> I digress. Let's get- not Not... Our problem it's not. anymore. That's right. Uh, we, we that's the best part. We don't have to talk about it anymore. With that, let's get back to the Nuggets game. Something. This is our problem. More more positive. Uh, Curry was asked whether the Warriors have discussed matching Denver's desperation tonight, which you know there will be. He said there's going to be an increased level of physicality. We're going to face adversity that we have uh, that we probably haven't faced during the first two games, and if we could. If we can't match their energy, then we don't have a shot at all. Um, I would respectfully disagree Mm -hmm. with what Curry is saying. The Nuggets in the first quarter of game two came out with a sense of urgency. Right. And they took a double-digit lead. And the Warriors had no problems combating that. One bit. I don't think they should be worried one bit. And I'll give you another reason why. Because at least a third, if not more, of the crowd is going to be cheering for the Warriors. Something that even Michael Malone admitted. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I imagine this place is going to be half-filled with Warriors fans. I'm, te- you- I'm telling you what's going to happen tonight. You watch. I said this two days ago, and I'll repeat it again. Mm-hmm. If the Warriors have a lead, and it's in the second half, and Steph Curry is at the foul line, you're going to hear chance of MVP. I wouldn't bet that against you, because I think you're going to be right. Because I think there will be enough, uh, there will be enough uh, Warriors fans in there to do that. And even if there are only one thousand, a thousand Warriors fans, not that I think you can probably expect about five thousand in there. I don't think it'll be half full, but I think they'll be audible and noticeable. I don't think that I am saying anything that is necessarily uh, insightful here, but the Nugget season rests on tonight. Yes. Now. Yes, you go down 3-0, chances are you're not going to come back unless you're the Red Sox against the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Although I think uh, it, it is very possible, if not if not likely, that if they're down 3-love, that the, the Warriors will take their foot off the gas. They might. In Game 4. They might. Uh, but here's the thing. And the reason why I'm saying, like they say on Passover, why is this night different than any other night? Happy mm-hmm. Passover, by the way. Well, Happy Passover to you. Pass thank, over to you. Thank you very much. I have my my lamb shank and the blood on it. I'm going to put it on your door so the angel of death passes over your house and does not slay your firstborn male child. But now I digress. I don't have a from first, my Bible. I don't study. have a firstborn male child though. I know, but if you decided to have one, you'd be screwed by vermin, locusts, frogs, boils, and then the last one. It's all the worst parts is of the old slaying thing. of the firstborn male. For child. those are, for those who are Christian, this is Old Testament stuff. Yeah, I'm not too well versed in the New Testament. Yeah, there, I, uh, a buddy of mine is Catholic, and he asked me to read a passage uh-huh. at his wedding. And foolishly, oh, I did say to him jokingly, I said, "Can you get me something from the Old Testament?" And yeah, we, we both yeah, Exodus, right? We, we both laughed. It was from the New Testament. But here was the thing. I was standing up there and I forgot to ask Tommy this particular question. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm thinking, oh my God, everybody in this church is now going to know who the Jewish guy in the room is. Because when you read a passage, it is my understanding, you read all the stuff either on top or on bottom with all the numbers and the colons and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking I'm going to stand up there and say, Leviticus three colon 17 dash. And I'm going to say it totally wrong. You said colon. That's my, well, I don't, I don't know. That's my point. I don't know. Well, I didn't say anything. I didn't say all I did. Was I wish just, I'd been here for this. This is fun. All I did was read the words. I didn't even bother with the numbers because full disclosure, I don't know how to read those numbers. I thought and you if were going to say that it was from two Corinthians. I don't even know what I know. What, I know the name Corinthians. I don't know what Corinthians is. So I just read the stuff in English and two I, Corinthians and I, walk into a bar. <laughs> nicely done. And I sheepishly sat down. Um, getting back to the Warriors game. And I said, you know, t tonight is the game. If the Nuggets would have lost game one on a buzzer beater and they lost game two, holding a five point lead and then the Warriors came back, I wouldn't necessarily say the Nuggets season is over if they lose tonight. It's an uphill climb mm -hmm. wearing no shoes and there's pure ice on the hill to try and come back from a 3-0 deficit. But with the way they've been blown out, it is over. Mm -hmm. It's not like these games have been close and they can go either way. These games have been beyond lopsided. By the third quarter, if it's a late game like it's going to be tonight, mm -hmm. you can pop some melatonin by the later part of the third quarter, go to sleep and not have to worry about a comeback. Sad but true. Actually, I put that out on Twitter. Um, I think it was right before the start of the fourth quarter. I put out on Twitter. Uh, would somebody please give me permission to take some melatonin right now? And I would actually say this: like, if the, even if the Nuggets are ahead by five, I don't think that's that puts them in great shape. I think if they want to be in, in in nice shape, they need to have a double digit lead at halftime. It doesn't matter if they have a double digit lead. They had a double digit lead in the second twice. quarter. It was forty three thirty one in the second quarter of Game Two. But but, at, but, but as, I think at home it'll be, even though, yes, there'll be a fair amount of Warriors fans, I do think at home it's going to be a little bit different if they get up by, again, double digits at halftime. Yeah, but here's the problem. I think they can, ha I think they can hang on. Here's the problem. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they've played in big games with hostile crowds, and they've done all right. They know how to handle this stuff. A number of guys on the Nuggets bench do not. Um, and you know who else doesn't? Poole doesn't know how to handle it. Because I think this might be his first trip to the playoffs, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yep. So this might be new to him. But he's got a lot of other people who can tell him what to expect. Yeah. By the way, if I'm Steve Kerr, uh, he may have accidentally walked into bringing Steph Curry off the bench. Mm -hmm. But with the way Poole is playing right now, and Curry doesn't care because it's not about ego for him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's made more money than he knows what to do with. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, yada, yada, yada. Might not be such a bad idea bringing him off the bench moving forward in the playoffs. And I'm sorry to say it this way, when they move on. Because mm -hmm. wouldn't you like Steph Curry to go up against somebody else's second team when the starters are on the bench? I mean, it's, it's the ultimate luxury item, right? Steph Curry coming off your bench. And look, I mean, he gave him, what, 20? He gave him 23 minutes uh, in game two. Right. 
and he had 34 points. Right. I mean, it's not it, about his starting; it's about how many minutes you get. He right. could he could very easily be the playoff MVP and not start a game. Right. Coming up after the break, uh, when we were on the show yesterday, we announced the news, the breaking news that Villanova head coach Jay Wright retired. Now we are finding out today why he retired. Doesn't want to deal with NILs anymore. Doesn't want to deal with transfer portal anymore. And a lot of coaches apparently feel this way. I got to tell you something. Everybody's feeling bad for Jay Wright and all these coaches. What they have to deal with guys funneling in and out and guys going to the highest bidder. Um, That's the highest form of hypocrisy that I can imagine. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Uh, I got did my uh, estate plan with him, my will, my living will, and I had procrastinated about this for a very long time. I am 53. I should have done it years ago just in case something happened. It's really never too early to do this. Uh, if you're married, you definitely need to do it. If you have kids, you really, really need to do it. But even if you're single, it's something that you need to do as well. Um, You don't want the courts deciding what happens to your assets. You don't have to have a lot of assets anyway. Not to mention your living will, that has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has everything to do with what are your wishes if, God forbid, you are in a vegetative state. I'm guessing you want that decision made by you, not by somebody else. With that, go to my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Go to McKenziefirm.com. That's the McKenziefirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right. uh, Many are suggesting that one reason former Villanova head coach Jay Wright retired is because NILs and the transfer portal are taking over college athletics. ESPN college basketball analyst Seth Greenberg uh, said this morning in a show that I watched, he talked to over a dozen college basketball head coaches from major conferences, and they feel the same way as Wright might be feeling right now, adding to this feeling among college coaches, sports writer Darren Ravel wrote a column titled Casualty of Name, Image, and Likenesses Turning into Avenue to Just Pay Players Will Force Old Guard Coaches excuse me, to Retire Earlier. Considering coaches make a ton of money, considering it seems like they can walk out of their deal at any time after promising kids in those kids living rooms in front of those parents, they are going to be there to coach for their kids. And then they just decide to take another offer someplace else. To me, this is the highest form of hypocrisy that you're criticizing these kids for doing what's best for them. Yet it's okay for you to do what's best for you 
and forget about the kids that you recruited. Yeah, I think it is hypocritical to, critical to criticize it, but I do think I, there's, I don't think it is that Jay Wright is anti NIL in terms of anti his players getting what they can get. I'm not suggesting that I th- at all. I think what is, it's hypocritical. I agree. I think what is more at play here is that effectively you have to re-recruit your team every year. And what is happening is that you now, like, the, the, the frustration with some coaches, it's not over players getting paid. It's over the fact that it is turning this into a job that has no, being a big time college head coach in basketball and probably football as well, because you have to kind of re-recruit and monitor, it's becoming a, a job with no downtime. Oh, no. That's awful. Considering the money they get paid, that's terrible. Well, that they have to do extra work. I think what you're going to no. I think what you're going to see is I don't. I don't think you're going to see a lot of coaches hang on into their seventies anymore. I think, and I think or sixties. Yeah, Jay Wright's right. I think you might be seeing more coaches that have accomplished what they want to accomplish. Say, okay, I've done enough. I need to step away. The other thing I think you might see is younger coaches who do do well in the college ranks. I think you might see a few more Brad Stevens leaps to you, the NBA. You might. Because one thing that, one critique I know, and again, I'm going to go back to the article that uh, Gary Parish uh, put out on CBSSports.com and uh, says that one thing about like the NBA as opposed to the college ranks is that in the NBA, even though it's a longer season, there's a downtime, Right. You get a little. If you don't go to the finals, you get some downtime at this time of year, or mm-hmm. or into May, and then after the summer league and before training camp. If in in the college ranks right now, with the constant turnover, there is no downtime. Really, what what I think may happen in college basketball and maybe even college football is that you may start seeing something along the lines of a general manager coming in for those big programs. The coach handles kind of the coaching. And the general manager handles the overall roster management and the transfer portal. Man, I really hope these schools can afford that. <laughs> I'm quite certain they can. At and least that, the big ones can. And that's my point. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, I understand there is an arms race. I think at Arizona State, they just lost a huge player. They they've, they they lost Daniels, their quarterback, JT Daniels. Right. They lost a huge... Or Jane Daniels. Right. They just lost... And I, and I understand it's very difficult to compete with the transfer portal and NILs, I get it. And they lost Remy Martin on the basketball team, too. Yeah, to uh, Kansas, that's right. Yep. Here's the thing, though. Um, pro coaches deal with this stuff all the time, right? NFL, your roster turns over a third. In the NBA, you're always going through free agency as well. Exactly. But uh, the, well, 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 Welcome, do, welcome you, to the real world. You do have multiple years of contracts, and you also have... Uh, a support system. Again, you it may well be that you see these college programs have a general manager and a coach, effectively. And that's or a fine. general manager type. Like not the athlete the athletic directors running the entire athletic department. I'm saying like I think at least and you'll probably start to see it in the SEC and the Big Ten first because they have the revenues, is that you'll see probably like literally a general manager for basketball and a general manager for for football allowing the coach to coach and focusing on the the again, the roster building because now roster building is something that doesn't stop. It's not like, oh, we get this guy signed. He's going to be ours for at least three years in the football ranks or at least one year if they're a great player in the college ranks. But usually you know which guys are going to be there uh, at least three years. That's going to go by the wayside. Transfer portal, NIL, 
bad for college sports now? I don't think they're bad for college sports. Not I one think, bit. I think it's a it's just something that they're going to have to adjust to. It's it's adapt or die. You don't adapt, you're going to fade. I mean, you just you know, Danny mentioned uh, Remy Martin of Kansas, transfer from Arizona State. North Carolina had Brady Manick. He was a transfer portal guy uh, who was actually a graduate transfer last year. But, so you have two teams that were in the national championship game that would not have gotten there without these mechanisms, right? Tip the cap to Carolina and Kansas because they, fig- they figured out how to, they quickly figured out what to do, right? Everyone else is going to have to get on the ball. Right. These universities have collected so much money off the backs of their players. And now it's too hard for these coaches who are making a fortune. It's just too exhausting that they have to work a little bit harder to be on top. Tough. Sorry. Uh, should, should we keep these kids down and not pay them so it makes your job a little bit easier? I'm sorry that shoe contract doesn't pay you enough. It's probably more the transfer portal than NIL, to be fair. Although NIL does require working with... Well, why are you losing kids? Well, why, why are kids going to the transfer portal? You want playing time, more playing time. Well, that, well, that's on. Well, the, you well know, it used to be like you'd, ba- you know, if the, the transfer portal has nothing to do with money, then that's on the coach. Well, it can sometimes, you know, the old, you, the old way was okay. You know that if you come in as a freshman, unless you're a, a five star, as Dick Vitale would say, diaper dandy, you know, you might have to, uh, you, you might be playing. In let's do the basketball. Let's, you might be playing five minutes a game your freshman year. You might not be a starter until you're you're a junior, right? That that old method of development is by the wayside. You, if you don't get enough playing time as a freshman, you might say, "Shoot, I could, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else." Well, if the guy's hold on, if the guy's not getting playing time, why would you care if he leaves or not? Because maybe you looked at this guy and said, "Okay, he's a he's a two star recruit who mm-hmm. needs who needs to develop, needs to get in the weight room." Mm-hmm. You know, did he? He's maybe he's on his way, but maybe he doesn't see the results and you do as a coach. But no, because if he saw the results as a coach, you'd be playing him. But maybe no, the results could be that you're expecting him to contribute by the junior year, but he just isn't ready right now. He's a raw lump of clay. And he needs time. You don't have that time doesn't exist anymore. So why would you care if you lose him? Because you had a vision of where you could be after a couple of years and now you're back to square one. Maybe that's a failure on your part as a coach, not getting there quicker. But the the but through for decades you've had player after player who steadily developed over the course of those three and four years, right? All you know in football and basketball in any sport. And now if the player gets a little, you know get says okay I, I want to go play more right away then it's that player's right to do so you can't you can't blame them you can't stop them but I want I I, I I think we're in an environment where. There's a little less patience than perhaps is sometimes warranted. I wouldn't listen. If I invested in a kid as a freshman and I knew he would not be ready until junior year, then maybe I recruit a little bit differently then. You probably are going to have to. There you so go. That, so you're going so oh, is, is, is to. Is that too hard for Jay Wright those, to maybe recruit those a little bit low, differently? Those low floor, high upside guys may not be in the mix, in the mix anymore because you, you're going to, you're not going to get the luxury of time anymore. I mean, you have entire football programs, for example, that, uh, you know, Nebraska back in the 90s, Wisconsin uh, today, on the offensive line, they 
they recruit and they develop on on basically a th- at least a three year time frame before those guys get on the field. I mean, you a lot of the offensive linemen at Wisconsin, you they sign them, they redshirt them. They're in the weight room for something. They're they're playing in their red shirt junior year, which is their senior academic year. After three years of working, maybe those guys get a little impatient and say, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll go, I'll go play right now at uh, Northern Illinois or something." Right. Coming up after the break, we have some big news. If you're a Broncos fan, and we could we could have some even bigger news later this year about Randy Gratishar and the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Against the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, They've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Well, great news for Randy Gratishar and other Broncos hoping to get into the Hall of Fame through the senior pool. Uh, Hall of Fame has announced three senior candidates will be able to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame for each of the next three years. The only drawback is over the next three years, there can only be one finalist per year between coaches and contributors. As for contributors, that box has been checked with Pat Bolin. For Mike Shanahan, he might have to wait a little bit longer. But for Randy Gratishar, this is potentially fantastic news. I know for everybody, it means a lot to get into the Hall of Fame. Anybody who's ever been a finalist, a semifinalist on the ballot, it means a lot. I know Steve Atwater wanted to get in in the worst way. And good for him that he finally got in. But for a guy like Randy Gratishar, I have talked to him about this. And while he won't say it, I'll say it. This is really important for him to get in. It's really important. Because once you have that gold jacket, your profile goes up exponentially. Mm -hmm. Now you are on tour with all of the other Hall of Famers signing autographs and getting paid big money. Your endorsement checks go up as well. And for Randy, he's doing fine. I I think he's still at an automobile dealership, but his life would change exponentially if he got into the Hall of Fame, specifically financially. And I'm guessing that's the way it has been some ways for Steve Atwater. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're a little bit more in demand. You're simply signing a piece of paper goes up because you add HOF in the year you go in. Right. Steve Atwater signs his, you know, he... He signs his uh, HOF, even though he went in in 2021, he was the class of 2020. Right. HOF 20. Um, Randy Gratishar is 70 years old now. Right. 
And um, it would be really cool to see him get in as soon as possible so he can enjoy, like you said, kind of the, 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 the spoils. Yeah. The, the the fruits of being a pro football hall of famer. And he's and the other thing on Randy Grashar, it means a lot on another level because he's from Ohio. Right. He went to Ohio State. It it would be as much of a homecoming when if and when he gets inducted as you could possibly imagine for any inductee. Right. And he's way overdue. When's, when's Harry all- Carson has a very has a similar resume to Randy Grashar, and he got in, I believe only 14 years ago. When's the last time you talked to Randy? Uh, I briefly spoke with him at uh, training camp last year. Okay. And I've spoken to him a number of times as well. Yeah. I'm going to be as delicate as I can about this. You've probably talked to him multiple times over the last 15 years. Yeah. Is it fair to say he's slowing down? Fair to say, yes. And that's why I hope he gets in. And I'm being as delicate as I can about that sooner rather than later yes so he can appreciate this accomplishment mm-hmm. so he can appreciate this accomplishment he should have gotten in I thought with the expanded senior class for the the centennial of the NFL that right. they had and he didn't get in and that was very and that was for 2020 and that was it was it was surprising they didn't make the cut on that the thing is, though, you can go through almost any team, and there are seniors who've been overlooked. You can make no a question. case for so many guys. The thing, the distinctive thing about Randy Gratishar is this: he has a level of accomplishment in terms of awards, and even in terms of overall performance. When you start adding up forced fumbles, interceptions, tackles, etc., on a statistical level and an honor and an honor level. His resume is an is more than enough to get in. People, everyone else in his class is in, in terms of his, his class of accomplishment at linebacker. Is he at the He's top the of the list? Is he at the top of the list for Broncos players who are not in? Yes, and I'd say on the seniors list, it's probably him followed by Carl Mecklenburg. Mecklenburg has a very unique case that I thought didn't really give him much traction in terms of the primary pool, but the seniors committee, you know, vets and makes the nominations and then it goes to the full pool of uh, voters. And I've long thought, and there's, there's, and I'm not the only one who feels this way, that Mecklenburg's case is such a unicorn that it was always more likely to get traction in the senior room rather than, the full room, at least when initially brought up. Have you talked to Carl about the Hall of Fame before? A couple of times, yeah. And you've talked to Randy about the yes. Hall of Fame. Okay. Means a, means an awful lot to both of them. It means an awful lot to both. Yeah. But I think it means more to Randy. I don't want to get into the means more. That's no, kind no, of, no, that's no. A delicate and, and, well, thing. What I'm saying is I think Carl, yeah. if he never got in, he'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. He'd be okay with it. He wants to get in. Don't get me wrong. And he deserves to be in. But I think he'd be okay with it. I am not suggesting it would not be okay for Randy. I'm just saying for Randy, it just seems to me this is really, really important to him. Well, he retired with gas still in the tank. He retired after 10 seasons. 
In seven of those, he made the Pro Bowl. He was Defensive Player of the Year one year in 78. He was at least a second-team All-Pro five times, three times second-team, two times first-team. Again, a very similar resume to Harry Carson, who has been in for a while. I don't think it occurred to Randy Gratishar when he walked away after the Broncos' wild-card loss in Seattle on Christmas Eve 1983. I don't think it occurred to Randy that he would be sitting here over 38 years later still waiting for his gold jacket. And I don't think it occurred to a lot of people then that he would wait that long. The general consensus was, okay, at in a reasonable amount, reasonable amount of time, he's going to be How many years did he play? He played 10 years. I got to tell you something. Again, I'm going to say this as delicately as possible. I'm glad he didn't play an 11th. And I'm glad he didn't play a 12th or a 13th. Even though the fun, the interesting thing, and I, and, I, and I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. And we're being as delicate about the, this the as thir- possible. That thir- if he'd gotten a 13 when the Broncos made the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I think he would have been long since in. Because he would have been a part of two defenses with two different uh, of two of two different eras that played in the Super Bowl. He would have had two AFC titles on his resume. But you, but I do agree with what you're saying. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. You guys talked about the Nuggets Warriors game three this evening. There are two more game threes in the NBA playoffs, and these two are each tied at one apiece. We'll talk about who takes the lead after tonight in the Grizzlies-Timberwolves and Mavericks-Jazz series next, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP. Com. In case you know or maybe don't know, I've been a benefit auctioneer since 2015. I do a lot of uh, auctioneering at nonprofit events. One of my absolute favorites is Epic Experience, and they've invited me to be their benefit auctioneer for their 10th annual gala for uh, Epic Experience and want to bring in one of the founders, Colin Farrow. How are you, my friend? Eric, good. Nice to hear your voice and excited to have you back in person this year. Well, I am thrilled to see you. Um, there are a lot of great nonprofits out there, and, and some of them are, you know, pretty much the same. You know, you, you know, some are, you know, uh, oh, gosh, um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. There are lots of different chapters, and there are lots of different nonprofits where there are lots of different chapters all over the country. Epic Experience is so different, and when we talk about cancer, we always think kids first and rightfully so but what i love about what you guys do is you think about adults first what is epic experience all about you know we are all about empowering the adult cancer community uh we're a family founded organization um and you know we were faced with cancer through my brother's diagnosis when him and i were going to regis university and you know through his experience it really opened our eyes to you know 
the adult cancer community, 18 and up, need the support as well. At the time, Michael was 23, a young adult um, facing cancer in a transformative years. And so we want to do something for him. But a year or two earlier, we also you know, had a family friend that was facing cancer as well, who was in his 50s. And for us, it was, you know what, age is just a number. And, you know, it's all about mentality. And we want to bring people together through adventure and have a mentality of we can empower each other and thrive beyond cancer together, as long as we have a supportive community. So we started doing that through adventure camps. And now we've established to some different online programming podcasts and very excited to announce our Thrive VR program, which is bringing virtual reality adventure experiences to those when they need it most inside the four walls of a cancer center. So let's dig in uh, briefly into the VR experience and how that works and why it is so beneficial to uh, cancer, not survivors, cancer thrivers, because that's what you call them when they are going through chemo. You know, it's just one of those things of a lot of times when someone first gets diagnosed with cancer, they're in that center, almost, you know, sometimes five days a week. Sometimes it's once a week. Other times they're going back for appointments. It becomes a, a, an unwanted second home, if you will. And a lot of times they don't know where to turn. So we created Thrive VR in which we carry them up with seven custom videos, six adventure-based. So you'll be going rafting down the river, You'll be going uh, horseback riding, one sitting around the campfire with five other cancer survivors in which they have a mindfulness session. They have people talking their language in which they can feel a part of community understood when they're in a cancer center and they might not know where to turn or what's out there. We can give them an experience that you know, is able to be virtual reality based support through immersion therapy. But it's bigger than that because once anybody who's ever had cancer or knows somebody who has cancer knows exactly what I'm saying. Once you ring that bell, everything that you saw in VR, you're going to get a chance to experience with Epic Experience. So it's something to look forward to, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, our wait list continues to grow for that pinnacle experience, but it for sure gives them a taste of camp and something that they'll be able to look forward to to go, I can do that someday. Okay. Now, if you go to the uh, Epic Experience Fundraising Gala, and that is going to be at the Four Seasons Hotel on Saturday, May 14th. You're going to get a chance to bid on a lot of great live auction items. Uh, the Heart of Vale package is at a five-star resort. You'll have a chance to go see the Green Bay Packers play at Lambeau Field. Uh, also love the Meadow House at Keystone Ranch. Uh, it's an eight-bedroom, seven-and-a-half-bath home right next to the Keystone Ranch Golf Course. And you can only get some of these items if you go to the event. I hope you do. I hope to see you there. And then let's not forget probably the best live auction item, uh, dinner with your mom, right? Dinner <laughs> with, for 10 people. You get to go over to your mom's house. And Mandy and I were just there at your mom's house for dinner with your dad. And she's a fabulous cook, so dinner for 10. Again, if people want to get tickets for this great fundraiser how do they do it so tickets are 175 dollars. you can get those at epicexperience.org. what you guys are doing what you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic and i say this sincerely i am humbled to be part of it again thank you colin thank you go nuggets go nuggets see you pal <laughs> thanks eric time now for the final word the final word 
presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town, two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it earlier in the show, you guys talked at length about Game 3 between the Nuggets and the Warriors here at Ball Arena in Denver. The other games in the Western Conference playoffs tonight, the Grizzlies at the Timberwolves, the Mavericks at the Jazz, both those series tied at one. The Mavericks able to get a win without Luka Doncic on the court. The Timberwolves winning the first game in Memphis and then losing the last one. Which two teams take two to one leads tonight? Man, if the Jazz lose this game without Luka again, goodness gravy. That's crazy. But wouldn't it be something if the Mavericks advanced to play the Suns and they don't have Devin Booker who's now out the next two to three weeks. Wouldn't that be something? It's all about the timing of the injuries, right? I yep. mean, that's... Uh, I mean, the uh, the Suns are really hoping that you can, can kind of see. They're just trying to they're just trying to hang on here. And I think one, thing, one of the interesting things, though, is that let's say it's two weeks, right? A curious thing about the NBA and how it does its postseason scheduling is that they... They start the second round series as soon as possible for tele- for television with both teams available. They don't have a schedule where they say all the second round series start on this date. If you had a couple of sweeps, they'll be happy to have game one be earlier. And that's why we often see game ones of the second round happening on the same day or even before some game sevens of the first round. So believe it or not, it might actually benefit the Suns to go seven with the Pelicans, assuming that they win, to delay when they would start the second round. Yeah. So that's because if, let's say the Jazz get it done uh, tonight and they end up winning in five, the the Suns are going to want to have that next round series start as late as possible because if it's it's two weeks for Devin Booker, they might... uh, and they, they they might be without Devin Booker for the first couple of games. You want to play right. it as long as you can. It's about days, not games. I don't know if I would want to keep giving the Pelicans chances if you extend that series. Well, that's the risk that you run. It, it, you're thinking kind of, okay, what's a better chance down uh, of the next round and, uh, and making a finals run here? So if you go seven with the Pelicans you, and you get to that one-game scenario, you're right, Danny. You don't know what could happen. We saw it in game two. Uh, McCollum just got on fire in the second half. Definitely a chess match here with these coaches remaining in the postseason. Just in case you missed it, Miguel Cabrera, one hit shy of 3,000 for his career, and he was intentionally walked (laughs) in his final plate appearance against the Yankees. Uh, The next up is against the Colorado Rockies, so he'll likely hit that milestone Mm -hmm. against Colorado. Your thoughts on the Yankees choosing to walk Cabrera? Uh, It was to load the bases and fill up a spot at first base that had been vacant, so there was probably a reason to do it. But your thoughts, yeah. Is it anything more than strategy? Is it them trying to rain on his parade? No. No, and the other thing also, 
if the Tigers' next home next game was on the road, I think there would have been an issue here. But the Tigers host the Rockies in Detroit over the weekend, so I don't think it, it's a it's sound strategy in the short term, and it likely doesn't prevent Cabrera from doing it in front of the home fans in Detroit. That if the if Detroit had been playing its next game in like Minnesota, I, I think there would I think there would have been some understandable frustration, but uh, in all likelihood, he's still going to break that mark, break the milestone in the place that he's played since 2008. It's okay. All right, that's going to do it for us for uh, Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. I mean, when you buy a car, you're going to take it for a test drive. Why not do that with something that is an investment for sure? But, man, standing behind something like a Viking Range, wow. You stand behind one of those, trust me, you're going to want to buy it, especially if you love to cook. Not to mention, I love their sales staff because they're going to point you in the right direction to get you what you want. You might think you just need a refrigerator, but they can probably set you up to get you what you need instead of just seeing the first thing that when you walk in the door. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Pro Football Focus asked on Twitter to pick the most underrated wide receiver duo in the NFL. They listed four, and one of them, Sutton and Patrick. Are they the most underrated duo on this list? We'll talk about it next. 